I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me. Well, you know who's sitting opposite me. It's only Blake Harrison. How are you, my friend? Very good, mate. Very good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. I mean, should we be uh, very, very uh, British? It's hot, isn't it? Oh, it's very hot. Very hot. You're in a vest. You're I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally took the hanky off the top of my head before we pressed record. Just thought I'd, about- I'd look... Go on. No, it sounds like you're about to just shout yippee ki motherfucker and then just like <laughs> run around Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> oh, shout out the greatest Christmas film. Um, okay, well, we're here today to discuss UFC 278, Usman versus Edwards 2. But before we get on to um, a great card of fights we're gonna have a little chat about what's just happened we're recording this on the morning of the 14th and well this weekend seen a lot of action in pfl in cage warriors and obviously we'll start uh by maybe casting our uh, eyes over a couple of the fights from last night's ufc headlined unless should we kick things off with um cheeto versus dom let's let's do that i mean You, you look sad mate no, no, no. So no, the all. minute I said about Cheeto Dom, like your face was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no, it was no, it was more just a Jesus Christ. It just, it, that was a bad knockout, wasn't it? I, I mean, I've not seen him since, but when I watched it on the replay, it looked like it was on his nose and it looked like. It must have just absolutely smashed his nose to bits. Uh, yeah. I've not seen any sort of uh, footage anywhere or any pictures of him sort of any time after. Have you? I, I haven't, but I feel like it looks like his nose um, just changes shape. Yeah, I thought that. Cheeto kicked it. It wasn't maybe as devastating to the nose as... Um, uh, MVP on Anderson back in Bellator a little while ago. That kind of left high kick just kind of crushed Anderson's nose. Um, but the impact through knocking his brain, all that stuff. He he was way he was totally out of it. He he was out of it. It was a good stoppage. It was yeah. I mean that was he just fell, didn't he? Like just went rigid and fell like a tree. And all right, yeah. I had that feeling. For, I mean, I, and first of all, I thought Dom won the first probably three rounds. Um, I thought he okay. looked incredible. You could see he was starting to slow down as the rounds, you know. I mean, he, he's no spring chicken, Dom, but I thought he looked amazing. Um, and I thought Cheeto was struggling to, to, to get his range, to get his shots off. But when he did get any shot off, results were devastating straight away they're plonking Dom on his butt and I mean he was quick to get back up and every time he'd get back up he'd get back up throwing and I thought I I did for a moment think this could be Dom's night here like he's looking he's looking really good his movement is never to be questioned and 
And I didn't think at any point he was ever going to knock out Cheeto. But I thought the barrages of shots, that kind of um, Vitor style right across the octagon. He'd done that so many times. It looked great. And it felt like um, he didn't seem too uncomfortable when it went to ground. You know, obviously he got a takedown as well. But it just felt like the gum, the gum was cocked. And at some point, he was going to just land something that was going to close the party. I didn't think it was going to be a head kick. Um, and, oh, my God, when that kick dropped, it was like, well, that's that then, isn't it? And, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was an absolutely great fight. Yeah. Um, i tell you who did see that it was going to be that head kick was uh, Eric Nixick, the uh, head coach. Is he a syndicate head coach, Eric Nixick, who does uh, – he trains Francis Ngannou along with many other really good fighters. But he tweeted out like minutes before that Dom keeps dipping his head to the right. And if Cheeto lands a kick, it's game over. And it happened like a minute or two wow. later or something like that. So good on Eric Nixick there. He called it. Um, yeah, I gave the first two rounds to Dom. Despite the fact that he was sat on his ass in that first round, I thought the accumulation of strikes outweighed in damage. Cheeto's kind of one punch where he yep. sat him down. Third round, I think I gave it was to Cheeto. Tight. It was tight, but I think I gave it to Cheeto, and you could see <clears> that he was coming back uh, because he landed. He put him on his butt again in that round, and Dom landed less. So I was like, mm. okay, that one strike outweighs it for me in damage. And then Jesus, that fourth round, man, that that head kick was just just switched him off. And as I say, I thought Dom looked great. Yeah. I don't think I'm not looking at that fight and going Dom needs to hang up the gloves. No way. But I do think Dom's not getting a title shot ever again. No. Three-round three, three fight, he, he would have won that. Yeah. And if he, um, you know, uh, this again, so Cheeto, he's just got, the, the scary thing about Cheeto is he seems to be totally patient. He's able to take a lot of damage and it doesn't bother him. He's a fucking Terminator. Um and when he hits you, it's with real intent. And you can be peppering him with strikes for the best part of four and a half minutes. And he just needs one. And all the work you've done can be undone by that mm. one strike that he lands. And he, he doesn't have a mark on him, really. He, he didn't look tired either. He doesn't look tired because he's conserving his energy. He's playing this game that I feel like I haven't seen enough before. Like Maybe it's a bit almost Yoel Romero-like. Where he's just like he's just sitting and will then just explode and then he'll sit for like a minute or two and just ride it out and then explode. And I think it's, doing... the, it's the Go complete on. opposite to what Dom does though, isn't it? That's the it's thing. The so that's opposite. why Dom yeah. like Dom's mouth was open in the second round. It's because yeah. he doesn't stop moving. And you know, that is as as you enter into the sort of twilight years of your career, it's gonna get harder to do that. And any time yeah. he did stop or get into that range, it di- it wasn't even Big shots being thrown, but they were like plonking him down. And yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I think he just played. He fights a very smart fight. I mean, I do think that it might have been second round. Was it his corner said, "Right, you're two down." Yep. You know, you've got to start. You've got to start doing something now. And he listened. And obviously, you know, as, as you scored it, the third to him, and then the fourth. You know, I think it was as DC might have said something like, Cheeto's really got to kind of make a mark and do something. And then, bomb, it literally happened at that point. Yeah. And so she wrote. Yeah, I mean, what's the, the bantamweight division has got a lot of action coming up over the next few weeks and months. Uh, so we've got, we'll talk about it on this fight. We've got Aldo versus Mirab Divashvili on the uh, UFC 278 card. I think, is it UFC 280? Is Sterling and TJ also... Is it also Yarn and Sean O'Malley yeah. Yeah. on that same card? That card's going to be mental. Ooh. Oh, man. What um, a division. What a division. But so, in terms of what's next for Cheeto, I think it's really... It does depend on what happens next. Because if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yarn they're going to give O'Malley the title shot because he's so popular. He's going to go straight to a title shot if he beats Yarn. No question in my mind. If 
TJ, if if Marab beats Aldo and TJ beats Sterling, you could potentially do that fight because um, Marab and Aljamain Sterling are such close friends, they'll never fight each other. Um, and then what was the other bantamweight fight in there? Uh, uh, TJ versus Sterling. Um, oh, well, no, that's Marab. a bit... Ster- if- if Sterling and, wins and, and if Sterling wins and Aldo wins, I think you could make that fight very easily because yeah. Aldo's such a name. If Sterling wins and Marab wins, is that where Cheeto maybe gets his shot? If Yarn also beats um, O'Malley, I Cheeto, don't know. Yarn, I'd be, all, I'd love a bit of that. Oh, mate! But there's loads of like Aldo's beaten Cheeto, so if Aldo wins, he's in front of Cheeto in the queue, and rightfully so, I think. But in terms of Cheeto. You could throw him in against Sean O'Malley again. I'd watch that fight. You could mm. throw him in against Sterling, against TJ Dillashaw. Again, like, they're all great fights. All, all great of them. Fight. All of them are great because Cheeto is excited. He's becoming the new guy now that you go, you can't miss a Cheeto fight. You can't. Mm. Look what he did to Frankie Edgar. Look what he did to Rob Font. Look what he just did to Dominic Cruz. Like, this is all really, really impressive in a division that is absolutely stacked. So, mm. yeah, I don't know what's next for Cheeto. I don't think he'll get a title shot next. I think he'll probably end up having to win one more. But he'll be fighting a guy that is, you know... In, he'll be in fighting, that mix. Yeah, he'll be fighting a TJ. Or if Sterling's no longer the champ, Sterling. Or maybe O'Malley again, or Peter Yarn. He'll be fighting one of those top, top mm. guys where you go, right, if Cheeto wins this one, title shot. Yeah, 100%. Right, what else do you want to talk about last night? Because I got a message well, from you. Yeah, we have to. I, like, I wasn't, <laughs> to be honest, this is one of those cars last night where I was kind of like, I am interested, very, very interested in the main event. And other than that, yeah, like, shout out to Angela Hill. Got a great oh, win against Lupe Gudinez. Great. We're always big fans of anyone that's come on our show. So big props to Angela Hill. And it was great to see her winning that catchweight. Uh, fight and she put on a great performance but there was some cracking fights last night hometown hometown as well yes but when you looked at the card on paper you were kind of going other than the main event there's not a huge amount going on here and then there was oh i can't remember their names um yasmin jarigue and yasmin lucido i want to say something like they were both making their ufc debuts at strawweight that was a cracking fight yeah but then out of nowhere, the co-main event came along and just went, all you other great fights, you've got nothing on us. Mm. Nate Landwehr and David Onama, what a scrap. That I mean, it became great because both of their cardios went very quickly, but it was mm. still a really great scrap to watch. And it, the, the cardio went because they just went in and Onama looked terrifying in that first few minutes it was like oh dear this this ain't gonna go on for long and and i think i stopped saying this ain't gonna go on for long probably halfway through the third round because it was just ridiculous it was one one of the fights of the year by a mile if not the fight of the year um onama that's 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 big talk well yuri glover Come on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Even Burn Shemaev. But Yeah. Mm. Like I Is that, don't get me wrong, I reckon it'll make a top five. Hundred percent. Like I didn't know huge amounts about either of these fighters, I'm not gonna lie. Uh Onama's resilience was insane. Like the amount of times you just thought, right, well he's he's done for, and then he just comes out of it. Like he'll either get out and get up or he it just take a, a barrage of knees and then he'd literally just start like throwing serious bombs again. It was just like watching a Rocky film. I loved it. And it finished with a Rocky moment as well. Like he's literally calling for his wife. I just loved it. It was, it was everything you want from a fight. And the fact that I didn't know loads about each of these fighters and like you, I wasn't expecting much from the undercard. It's not, you know, when you looked at it on paper, it was like, wow, oh, there's not many, you know, recognisable names or ranked fighters in here. So, I don't know. And I think because I was, when in it, quite unassuming, 
I was just absolutely blown away by what I got there. Amazing fight. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I have to say, Nate Landwehr's game plan in like the third round was strange because he would... I think he seemed to have the wrestling advantage, but whenever an armor was down for long, Nate Landwehr would just stand up and gesture to the crowd as if to say, yeah, come on, let's do it. Da, da, da. I mean... Maybe I'm assuming they got fight of the night. They had to. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. It did. So I mean, maybe that was a way of him getting an extra fifty G's. Mm. Um, but I was like, just stay down there and hit him. You'll get a finish. Mm. I, I want to talk about the fifty G's thing a little later when we get on to um, two seven eight. I need to talk about the fifty G's as well. Oh, right, something I'll that I've seen this week about that. Is there is there um, anything more you want to say about last night's UFC? Um, shout out to Nunes um, retiring, oh, leaving yeah. the, the, the 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 mitts in the. In, in the octagon uh, to go and to have more children. And, uh, yeah, beautiful. Um, so I've not had a chance to catch up on Cage Warriors yet. Um, I know that um, three of our former guests were fighting on that card. Um, Oban Elliott, uh, Matt Bonner, and uh, the champ, uh, Sam Creasy. Um, yeah. Tell me what I missed. So, I mean, it w- I was finding it difficult because I was trying to watch Cage Warriors and the PFL at the same time, which is never easy to do. But You need, um, you need Michael Bisping eye. You need to be able to put like, <laughs> one eye to one side and one the other on two TVs. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, so, no, I mean, Oban Elliott versus Matt Bonner, uh, it was bittersweet. Because, you know, we, we've said this before on the show. We, we love both those guys. We think they're both really great guys. Um, and we didn't want to see either of them lose. But it was uh, it was the night of the hometown boy. It was the night of the Welsh gangster. Uh, Oban Elliott, for me, seemed to have way too much speed for Matt Bonner. I mean, Oban Elliott used to be a lightweight. Matt Bonner's coming down from middleweight. So there was a size discrepancy there. But I think what played in... Uh, Oban Elliott's favour was he had a quite distinctive speed advantage over Matt Bonner and he also had a wrestling advantage and as much as weight can what over Matt Bonner did I say weight advantage Oh, I thought you said uh, grand wrestling. advantage wrestling wrestling yeah, oh, right. wrestling about- yeah 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 his his wrestling was superior to to Matt Bonner's um, I mean Matt predominantly I guess is is more of a striker really Muay Thai background um i think oban is someone that's that that boxes and wrestles um yeah i mean he his ground he 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 put bonner on his ass a lot in that fight and then when bonner was able to get to his feet the speed advantage of elliot i think seemed to take over and he could win some of the striking battles for a long enough period of time to instigate the next clinch and take down and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, that's kind of how that fight went. Tough night for Matt, but I mean, I think Oban was coming off a loss as well, wasn't he? So I think... Um, yeah, he lost to Flaminas. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good for him to now get a, get a good win at 170. I don't know how much the weight cut would have affected Matt. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's such a shame that there's such a big discrepancy in weight between like welterweight, middleweight, middleweight, light heavyweight yeah. and all those. kind. Of, it, it, it's a shame there's not like more of a buff. I feel like there should be like probably a weight division every 10 pounds, like with the lower weight classes. Mm. But um, and because it's difficult for some people um, when they're sort of between weight classes, like I think Matt Bonner probably is. Um, so, yeah, commiserations to Matt Bonner, but congratulations to Oban Elliott. Absolutely. Now, I did see the finish by the Samurai and it looked impressive. It was really impressive. It came really, really quickly. I think, did he clip him with a, a, a right hand mm-hmm. and then very quickly went into the guillotine? And it was that same guillotine that he got Luke Shanks with before. Mm-hmm. That real kind of like high elbow position on the guillotine. Um, and it was over in less than a minute, I think it was. Um, yeah. No uh, sweat involved there. So it's a nice tight. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and, and I really was pleased for Sam Crazy. You know, he's, he's had a difficult time with, you know, he's lost to Luke Shanks, but Luke Shanks missed weight. So Sam's still the champ, even though he's been beaten. It's a difficult thing. So for him to finally defend that belt yeah, 
legitimately, mm. no gripes, no questions asked. And to do it in real style as well yeah. is a great thing for Sam Creasy. I hope it's really good for his confidence and hopefully he can maybe even go on a little run here that might even lead him to the UFC or something. I think, you know, mm. he's been around a while now, Sam Creasy, yeah. and... Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to just see him do well, go on a little run or something. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah, he was a proper gentleman, he was. Um, yeah, great stuff. Um, what's been happening in PFL? PFL's been absolutely batshit crazy because uh, they've just had such bad luck with stuff. So out of... Um, in, the, in the heavyweights last night, three of them didn't officially make it to the semi-finals. They were replacements, which is gutting. Bruno Capeloza, who was the champ two years running, had to pull out through to in, through injury and Mateo Sheffield came in. Okay, fair enough. No problem. He fought uh, Aunt Delia. No, uh, he came in and um, fought one Adams last night, but Adams was a replacement for Goltsov. Because Goltsov um, uh, had visa issues. Sorry, I think I've said this right. I think there was um, there was two replacements in the heavyweight division. One because Kapalosa was injured, and one because Goltsov couldn't get his visa. And then in the welterweight division, Rory McDonald was supposed to fight Umalatov, who was like undefeated, really highly touted prospect. He had visa issues, and uh, in stepped Delano Taylor. Um, so they had, out of, what would it have been, four semi-final fights last night. One, two, at least three replacements. I mean, it's been... That's a insane. Real, it's been a real pain in the arse. I don't know what... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Why the visa things like what? Surely there was long enough to get that sorted. I don't know. But the visa things is a real difficult one because it's one thing to be injured for like Bruno Capaloza to be injured and go, oh shit, I'm injured. The chance of me winning a million dollars is gone because I've got an injury. That's one thing. But when you're fit and you're healthy and you've earned the right to yeah. fight in the semi-final and then go on to a million dollars and for someone like Umalatov to fight Rory McDonald, an absolute legend, and then go and fight for a million dollars, for that to be taken away from you because of visa issues... That is fucking heartbreaking. And I really feel for Goltsov and Umalatov that had to put up with that. I don't know what the circumstances were. Have they done something previously in their lives that meant the visa was difficult to get? Was it something else? Was it diplomatic international relations? I have no idea. But um, yeah, that's, that's a real kick in the teeth if, if you, you've, uh, you've had visa issues and that's why you can't fight for a million dollars. That sucks. Um, but in terms of the fights in general, there was a couple of upsets. There was, um, yeah, the, the big one was Delano Taylor coming in. Beat Rory. Late, beat Rory McDonald. Coming in, late notice, did not make it to the semifinals. I believe he might have been one-on-one. 
uh, did not make it to the semi-finals officially, comes in to replace Umalatov, who we just said had visa issues, and beats Rory quick. Like, quick. Just clipped him with a right hand that was... It looked a little bit Usman Masvidal-esque. It was, you know, he really hit him hard with that right hand. Rory went down, and again, first round finish. He's punched his ticket, and Delano Taylor... Probably a few weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, got to wait till next season for my career to get back on track. He's now one fight away from a million dollars, and he'll be fighting. Grab that opportunity, my son. Jesus. But that's it. That's the thing with the PFL. Like from from some perspectives, you go, that sucks. Visa issues, all that stuff, and you know, it makes you go, well, maybe this is why the UFC don't do tournaments because with injuries and other things, maybe the best of the best don't always like get through all the yeah. time, whatever. But having said that. You get situations like this that are real amazing stories. You were sat on your ass a few weeks ago thinking your season was done and now you're one fight away from a million dollars. That is crazy. You're, you're putting more emphasis on million dollars every time you say yeah, it. Because it is though. But again, we talk about fighter pay. They had the fighter pay purses come out last night because in California, in the UFC, they have to declare their fighter pay purses. Ooh, Cheeto on. Vera... Walked away with 300 grand. That was show and win. And he walked away with 300 grand. Now, I know that it's a different format with the PFL. And they're probably not earning 300 grand every time they're fighting and all that stuff. Although the pay structure, I think, is favorable to the fighters. But Jesus Christ, you're going to go, right, well, all you have to do is win four fights and you're a millionaire. That is something special. There's fighters in the UFC that are probably earning... I think Dominic Cruz earned something like 170 grand for last night's fight. Um, really? That's what the purse came out. Because, again, he just got his show money. It's like, like these are top, top names. It's Dominic so, Cruz. So what, so what are you earning if you are, I don't know, David Onama last night if you're David Anama or even Nate Landwehr who won let's scrap the 50k bonus for a second I know that's an incentive but what are you earning if you're them 20 and 20 40 I mean, and 40 this, at this, best this is the thing and it's like I don't know if it was when we was recording or not but one of our early guests kind of broke down a bit about the pay structure uh and and you know, when when you're at the kind of on the sort of cusp of, of of the UFC or just you know just on your initial fights in there, you know, uh, you're not. By the time you've paid for your camp and your travel, we heard it with Molly saying like, you know, the the, the brilliant things about fighting on the same card as Paddy has probably changed now, but it's the fact that you know that their, their coaches are there for both fights, so they can split the costs of like their accommodation and things like that because they're all costs that are factored into it and you know to say that like oh i made 20 grand for a night's work it's not a night's work it's like that's your whole camp that's all got but that's your job and then that's also got to cover you until your next fight and so it's it is up for discussion and i mean i know that it's been well documented we've spoke about it lots on on, on the podcast and we're going to speak about it again a little bit more uh, when we get on to 278 and should we talk 278 we should, but just to let you know, um, Celebo side beat uh, Carlos Liao. He'll be fighting Delano Taylor in the final, uh, the welterweights PFL. Ante Dahlia absolutely ran through uh, Henan Ferreira. Um, Henan Ferreira is like six foot eight, and you're looking at him going, Jesus Christ, this guy's an absolute beast. And Delia, who's coached by Mirko Krokop, absolutely just took him down and smashed him to pieces inside the first round. It was quite devastating to watch. And he'll be fighting Mateusz Scheffel, who finished one Adams and the third round. The ref just kind of came in and saved one Adams. He, he didn't go down. It wasn't like an obvious stoppage, but I think the ref saw him and was just like, this guy's just going to get beat up for yeah. the remainder of this round. So he saved him. So that's your your heavyweight final, Delia Sheffield, and your welterweight final, McDonald's uh, Sai in the uh, PFL. And then London this Saturday will be the featherweights, Brendan Lochnane, uh, and uh, the women's lightweights, including Kayla Harrison as well. So that'll be happening Lovely. there. Lovely. Shall we get on to UFC 278? Yes. So uh, let's start with... Um with Usman Edwards too. Um, do, have you had a chance to go back and watch the first fight? I did, yeah. 
I mean, we should. I mean, I think it's it's important that we point out that for those that don't know that that fight was what 2015. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Both and fighters seen, are completely different now. So yeah, uh, um, one of the things I, I that you know, I guess he's quite well documented, and, and anybody that follows you know Usman's career, I mean, he's a, a, de- a, a an incredible champ, devastating um, wrestler. But what we've obviously seen now is he's a devastating striker now. And we know that Rocky's a striker. Um, you know, he's, he's... But I don't necessarily think Rocky's a knockout artist. No. Like, if you go through his his record, there's not, there's not many KOs on that. Um, but what we see is lots of strikes, lots of movement. You know, just, just you know, controlling the, the, the pace of the fight. Look what we, we saw against Nate. Um, but I think it's really weird. We're Brits, so obviously we want to see Leon win. You know, he's yep. had such such bad luck, and he's now he's now got himself. You know, the the shot, and it's you know, God touch wood. You know, we're a week away, and and it's all looking like it's on. Um, but we've seen Kamar Usman become a striker. You know, a devastating striker. You know, you look at what his jabs was doing to. Um, Gilbert Burns, like just jabs was like plonking Gilbert Burns on his backside. And it's like, and then you watch the, um, the Masvidal fight and it's like, these aren't big looping right hands. It's straight, right. Boom, done. And I think, I think you've got to give a lot of, not that he needs any more credit, but Trevor Whitman, like knows his shit. And, I don't know. I'd be really interested to see who Leon's sparring with, who they're bringing in to replicate Usman uh, in the gym. Like, how how do you recreate that? You know, devastating wrestler. What I will say when watching back the the first fight is Edward's takedown defense is really good. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that's five years, six years ago now, seven years ago. Sorry. Um, and he's only going to have evolved greatly as a fighter. So I do think that he doesn't look uncomfortable when he's on his back either. You know, in that first fight, in the first round when he get when he does get taken down, is it a triangle? I believe he tried to throw like, a triangle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so that 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 was impressive. Um, I, I just I want to see an upset. I want to see Leon get the belt. But personally, I think he's fighting one of the most He's fighting one of you know pan for pan greats at the moment, who just seems to be getting better and better on every fight. So I don't know. I think if I was a betting man, I'd put me fiver on Kamar Usman. That's where my head's at. My heart. I want Rocky to take this. Where are you at, Mister Harrison? Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a similar place. What's that noise? I don't know. What noise? Yeah, you know, little geek. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um. Um. Didn't even realise it. Just making involuntary noises. Now that's a sign of ageing, isn't it? Um, I literally just shifted in my chair. I don't even know where that noise came from. Could have been any orifice. Um, but uh, the um, yeah, my my head. If I were to do, emotionally, I want Leon. I'm like you. I want Leon to win. And how is he going to win? Okay. If I if I'm talking about how Leon can win. I think I have to say that Kamaru is not going to be on point. And the reason he's not going to be on point is he's been distracted by all this stupid talk about fighting Canelo. And he clearly doesn't really want to fight like Leon Edwards. He wants like bigger money fights. Colby was a bigger money fight. Masvidal was bigger money fights. And he's now fighting a guy that's more dangerous than Masvidal for sure. Possibly more dangerous than Colby will have to find out. But this is now a fight that is high risk, maybe not a huge reward for Kamaru. Leon's not a superstar yet, is he? No. You know, no, he's, he's no. not a Covington or a Masvidal. No. But he's a very, very good and very, very underrated fighter. And when you're the champion and you beat an underrated challenger, people just go, well, yeah, well, we expected you to win that. 
So I kind of wonder if Kamaru might have taken his eye off the ball a little bit. He's trying to fight Canelo, which is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Um, And that means he's not been fully on it in camp. And that could give Leon a chance because Leon has got crisp hands. He's not got knockout power. No, but he's still got crisp hands. He could, he's got great elbows inside on the clinch and all that stuff. And he's got a really good left high kick as well. There is a world in which he catches Kamaru Usman with something and Usman is rocked badly and Leon can finish him. That, that We can be living in that world. My head, though, comes up with all these reasons why that's probably not likely to happen or at least confirms why Kamaru Usman will be a big betting favourite. Let's just, like, looking at Usman's record, look at who he's beaten. Covington twice, Masvidal twice, Burns, Woodley, before Woodley got, with all due respect to him, bit shit. (laughs) Can I say that? I don't know. (laughs) I thought he was going to say something really profound there. No. Bit shit. (laughs) It's true. Like, Usman beat Woodley when Woodley was coming off of basically knocking out and submitting Till, Mm. and when Till was on a bit of a tear. Mm. That was the Woodley that Kamaru Usman beat. Woodley mm. now he's gone on to you know get knocked out by Jake Paul for God's sake. So mm. Woodley's fighting not... Sam Alvey in BKB. I've just seen it announced. <laughs> Are you joking? So the thing is, <laughs> that's very believable. Um, oh, no. um, but yeah, so and he's beaten Edwards before as well. I know it was a different Leon Edwards, but it was also a different Kamara Usman. Yeah. So it's really hard to 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 ignore those facts. And then also looking at the pathways to victory. Yes, Leon can catch him with something, but the likelihood is that if Leon wins this fight, it's a five round, you know, stick and move, work the jab, light him up, defend the takedowns, all those kind of things. And he wins by a decision. That is the smart money on where kind of Leon Edwards wins this fight. Usman has... I think, multiple game plans in this fight. He might start this fight going, I'm just going to strike with Leon. going to conserve my energy because I know Leon's got good takedown defense. I'm going to just strike with Leon. And you know what? I've got the power advantage. I hit harder than Leon Edwards did. I dropped Gilbert Burns with a jab. I sparked out Masvidal, who'd never been knocked out before. This is a guy with huge power in his hands and under Trevor Whitman has really um, molded his striking into something really quite special it's rudimentary in its kind of like jab cross kind of basic nature but it's very very good even though it's kind of the the, the basic striking kind of um um what's the word like weapons that he uses you know he's not throwing spinning attacks and stuff like that but it's still very very good and if that doesn't work for him the striking doesn't work for him guess what he goes to his elite level wrestling and tries to put edwards on his back and you know what if that game plan doesn't work he can revert back to Masvidal 1, where he just wins a battle of strength because I think he's probably the stronger guy in this fight, pushes him up against the fence and creates a really boring foot-stomping fight where he just ekes out a really dull, dull decision. That's There's multiple ways that Usman can win this fight, which worries me for Leon. So I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think the only one, and I hope I'm wrong, you know, but I, I would definitely lean on what you just said about the only way Leon's going to win this is to strike, you know, uh, economically uh, and, you know, and, and just use his striking abilities and just stick and move, stick and move and stay out of the range of them, them big hands and, and just make sure he's, he's wrestling, you know, his he, takedown defense is on point. Uh, but I'd love to see Leon, like you say, head kick knockout something like that it'd be amazing you know to see that and it can happen Leon's really good and really underrated this could be Kamaru Usman's toughest fight yet but at the same time Kamaru Usman is the pound for pound greatest fighter on the planet as we speak and Mm. it's yeah it's tough it's it's going to be a really tough night for Leon it's exciting yeah and I think I think Leon can do it I just think you know it's it's not as it's not as he's not going to be the betting favourite. Let's put it that way. Mm. Okay, Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. <laughs> this is such a weird fight. <laughs> it's so weird. 
like so it's a light heavyweight. Is it? Um, it's not a middleweight. Yeah. One eight five. Yes, middleweight. I thought it was. I thought this fight's at light heavy. You I just, thought this fight was. Was it one eight five? I thought this was at light heavy. Where have you seen that? Because, uh, maybe I'm just looking at Paolo Costa, uh, Paolo Costa's scales. Um, <laughs> it's going to be light heavy, even though it's it is, no, yeah, it, it, it is middle. He's one eight five. Yeah, I thought they were. He was fine. This fight was at light heavy. I don't know why, but I did. Anyway, I mean, the chances are Paolo Costa's going to come in at fucking mega weight anyway. Um, and yeah, and we see the return of uh, of Luke Rockhold, um, which has been when he's not fought since what 2019 when when he uh, was it 2000 yeah 2019 when he lost to uh, Jan Blahovic um, when he got stopped in the second round. Um, yeah, just looking at his record, he obviously before that he lost to uh, Yoel, uh, and aside from a, a, a win over David. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Branch uh, on on the back of losing the, the the belt to Bispin. I mean, he's fought some serious opponents. He's he's got a yeah, he's, and he's, he's got beat most of them. Yeah, he really has. I mean, he's got wins right. over Bisping, Jacare Souza, Tim Kennedy, Leo Machida, uh, Chris Weidman. Weidman, Keith Jardine. Like it's he's got some really big wins on his resume. Um, yeah. He just—he was never quite the same after getting le- left hook larried by uh, by Bisping in their second fight, and then obviously Blahovic, his last uh, fight, broke his jaw with that legendary Polish power um, up at light heavyweight. Yeah, this is such a weird fight, man. Rockhold hasn't won a fight for five years. That's a long time, and he hasn't been in the octagon for three years. I do believe Ring Rust exists, and I think this could spell problems for Rockhold. Costa, though, when you look at Costa, I mean, he's become a bit of a joke, hasn't he? Blaming losing to Adesanya on the fact that he had a few glasses of red wine the night before they fought. Then the <laughs> ridiculous debacle with Vittori saying, yep, 185. No, mate, can we make it 195? I'm not going to make 195. Can we make it 205? And Vittori being a legend was just like, this guy's a dick. I'm just going to fuck him up, whatever the way is. He's a fucking cunt, I think was his exact words uh, post-fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were just getting really aggressive. I was no. like, wow. There's the melt Someone's tired. Someone stayed up and watched the fights last night and didn't get much sleep. Jesus. Calm down, Wiffin. Um, no, that was the best bit, wasn't it? He just he absolutely yeah. won over the heart of the nation. And then in post-fight speech, just went, he's a fucking cunt. I thought, there you go. He's just fucking ruined that. Yeah. I mean, Costa hasn't actually won a fight in three years either. Joel uh, uh, Romero in 19, yeah. But, I mean, 
And he didn't win in that Romero fight. Romero won that fight. I remember that fight, and I remember thinking, this is a Romero win, and they gave it to Costa. Other than that, his biggest win is Uriah Hall. Yeah. He's not Shout really out Uriah Hall. Uh, retired this week as well, so shout yes, out Uriah Hall. he did. He did. And But look, if Uriah Hall is, like, your best win, because, I, like, I don't count the Ro- Romero one, because I don't think he won that fight, and... Mm-hmm. Other than that, you got Johnny Hendricks when Johnny Hendricks blew up to middleweight when he was just like he was, I don't know he was imagine, he, he didn't want to be there. He was on the slide at that point, Johnny Hendricks. I mean, that, that was more than a slide. That was like he yeah. fell off a cliff. It was yeah, yeah. it was really Jesus. bad. Bit rough. You're the one calling people cunts, mate. You? What's happened? What's happened you know to this what? show? It was the fact that my Italian accent was so bad. You just thought it was from Essex. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I mean, have, have you got a prediction for this? I think this is a really tough one to call because of the ring rust for both guys, really, but particularly um, uh, Rockhold. And uh, there's there's so many things that I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, what's going to happen on the scales? Like, what's Costa going to come in at? Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think like Luke Rockhold's. Always a, a, an interesting fight to see, a uh, fight to watch. Sorry, um, I don't know. But as, as um, you're, you're actually sound like you're dying over there, mate. You're all right. Saying go down uh-huh. the wrong hole. Yeah, mate. I was hoping you couldn't hear it. <laughs> <coughs> oh, he's not good. We got a man down. Um, Medic. So, uh, what, what's been the deal with with? Uh, <laughs> Rockhold. Has he been injured? I think he's just taken a lot of time off, but also Blahovich broke his jaw. Mm. So I just yeah. just looking up uh, just looking at uh Paolo Costa and the the pitches that come up the fact that this guy could be fighting uh at middleweight is insane. He's huge. Um but but yeah, I don't know. I I I always used to enjoy watching Luke Rockhold fight. Um, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan of his, um, but I'm a huge fan of watching him throw question mark kicks at the bag. And if he can throw one of them and uh, and knock out Paolo Costa, I would absolutely be overjoyed because I'm not a fan of Paolo Costa. I think he's an absolute melt. And he's on the he list. Done, well, he, I mean, God, you know, if you ever thought there'd be a melt list, Vittori would be on it, but. He got overtook by by Costa, and it was just grotty that last that last outing. And some of the things I've seen on social media, I'm not a fan of. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I can't really call it because I don't know. I've, it's been so long for both of them. And what are you going to get out of Luke Rockhold if you get you know a, a Luke Rockhold that's on point and he's looking to come and really you know, showcase what he can do and, and put himself back in the, in the mix of things, then, you know, we could, if we see a good look rock off, then we could easily see a win for him. And as you say, you know, you, you, you cast your eye over uh, Costa's record. And apart from Uriah Hall and the, and the kind of weird one with Yoel, he's not had that kind of super high level competition and experience that, that Luke Rockhold's very comfortable with. So, yeah, it is a, 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 trying to kind of work out what's what's going to be the factors in that. Ring rust, experience, and, and weight. Like, yeah, let's wait and see what happens on the scales. How do you see it go? I, I really want Rockhold to win. I'd much rather Rockhold win than Costa. But I can see Costa just coming out and blitzing him and getting a finish within the first, like, 90 seconds. Um... Yeah, I can see, I can see, I can see Rockhold's just chin. I just don't, I don't know if it's there anymore. And I think one, Costa hits hard. And I I just think one big hit and that's it. Could be we, we're over. talking Gustafsson style. Just a few years out, comes back, just gets blitzed. A little bit, yeah. That's, that's my concern. Mm. Let's, Let's move on Let's because the next fight is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Aldo versus Marab Devalishvili. We mentioned it earlier because of what happened with uh, Chito Vera and Cruz. This could be another oh, sorry, changing... sorry, sorry, Just before we get on with that, 
Luke Rockholder said something this week about fire pay, but it wasn't directly about the pay itself. So I just want to throw this in before we move on because I thought it was really interesting. He was talking about fire bonuses. Have you seen this? No. So he's saying, like, basically everything moves, everything, you know, inflation and, and, and the world moves on. 50 Gs, when's it going to change? Like, why are we still fighting for 50 grand bonuses? Like, the UFC, from when they announced that it was going to be a 50 grand bonus, the income that the UFC and the growth in the UFC is not reflected in them bonuses. How long ago was Connor shouting 50 Gs, baby? Like, a long time ago. 2015, 2014? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and look at what, post-Connor, I guess, look at what's happened. Oh, no, it would like 2013, maybe even, actually, yeah. Look at what's happened with the UFC. Everybody now knows what the UFC is, right? Everybody knows who Conor McGregor is. And that ultimately just means there's so much more money involved in this. And like 50 grand to get something special, it's like, should that not be increased? Should that not, would that not kind of maybe silence some of the people that are really outspoken about fighter pay would that help it can't hurt but yeah i thought it was really interesting that luke rocco who'd been out of the ufc for so long coming back in was already taking swipes at, at the at the bonus structure and, and and good on him because i do think these fighters should speak up about you know their livelihoods and their income yeah i mean that does make sense i think rather than seeing like i mean it'd be nice if the bonuses went up as well but rather than seeing just the bonuses go up I'd like to see just like you get 50 grand if you finish your opponent. It doesn't have to be like the best finish on the card to get it or something like that. Yeah. But like you get 50 G's for a finish. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see something like that. I think that'd be nice because then it spreads out a little bit more. It can mean so much because you know that like the big fighters on the cards are usually the ones that can get the bonuses and it would just mean more to those people on the prelims just starting out and if you're like hey you might be fighting 10 and 10 but you might walk away with 70 grand if you get a finish and that is a not life-changing necessarily but in the short term that is hugely impactful to a young athlete trying to find their way into you know not having a day job and just focus on their 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 sport of choice and all that kind of thing so yeah i think something like that could be a really good thing to do but let's move absolutely. on absolutely <clears throat> aldo marab mm-hmm. we've seen it with cheeto dominic cruz this could represent another kind of like changing of the guard type fight if marab were to beat aldo but it's a tall order aldo's record i'm sure whenever aldo fights we pull up his record and we talk about it but it is absolutely outstanding and when you look at the people that Aldo has lost to, he's only lost to, I think, one fight like really early in his career that you can barely even count. Then McGregor, Holloway twice, Volkanovski. I mean, that's out. That's ridiculous. Um, and then Peter Yarn. I think that might be it. Oh, no. And Marlon Moraes. But again, a bit like with Romero uh, yeah. uh, and Costa. I don't count that one because Aldo did beat Marlon Moraes. It doesn't say it on Tapology or on his record, but he did beat Marlon Moraes to the point where even Dana White gave Aldo a title shot off the back of it because everyone knew that the judges got that one wrong. So, yeah. That's it. McGregor, Holloway twice, Volkanovski, Yarn. That's like... That's elite-level fighters. that you, all, all have been champions. And not just champions... Holloway is sort of thought, thought of as, as featherweight goat. Volkanovski is now thought of as the featherweight goat. McGregor, first ever two-time uh, uh, world champion, simultaneous world champion. Peter Yarn, ex-world champion. He's not just losing to anyone. So for you to beat Aldo, if you're Marav Devalishvili now, if you beat Aldo, you join an elite level of people that have done that, that have beaten him. And that means you're probably likely to at least fight for a belt, if not more likely become a champion. Is Marab that good? Can Marab become a champion? How can he? How 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 is he going to do that? Do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's it's grand game? Do you think it's jujitsu? I well, Marab's whole thing is pressure. 
pressure, great cardio. He just presses forward, presses forward, presses forward. And then he will use his wrestling and his takedowns. That's what Marab is really, really good at. And I think it's scary for an opponent to see someone that will just keep blitzing forward at you and then try and get you down. He doesn't seem to take any backward step. But Aldo hits with a lot of power. And if there's one thing that's going to make you take a backward step, it's that. And when you look at when Marab... Not just that. If someone's coming forward constantly and you're Jose Aldo, who throws some beast low kicks, if someone's coming forward and that weight's on that front foot... Yeah, I can see Marab catching them or something and just that playing into Marab's favour. I think Aldo's better off sticking with the boxing and maybe throwing some knees up the middle or something like that. But... um, but when you look at Marab's fight with Marlon Marais, who I think, and I think we all know, is not as good a fighter as Jose Aldo, Marais hurt him bad. I can't remember if it was like a head kick or I can't remember now, but he hurt him bad. And Marab was able to pull it back. But at one point you're like, oh my God, Marab could get stopped here. So he is susceptible to those strikes. And Aldo hits hard and has got elite level striking. It's going to be really interesting. I don't know which way this is going to go. I think gun to my head, I think I'd lean towards Aldo. But it's it's totally plausible for Marab to just bulldoze through Aldo and get a takedown and, and just land some really heavy ground and pound. But Aldo's got great takedown defense, so I'm, that's why I think I'm leaning towards Aldo. But it could go either way. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaning on Aldo uh, for this one. I think he's uh, he's just he's he's on a, a three fight tower and and. Yeah, I, I think where's Mirab ranked? He's he can't be he must be ranked quite a lot below Jose, surely. I don't uh, think he's that far below him, you know. Right. Um but he yeah, you know, like, he, it, Mir- Mirab is six, Aldo's third. Third, yeah. Right. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, as we've mentioned so many times there, you also think, oh, you know, he's is Jose slowing down? He's, he's 35. Like, you just think, how can he be 35? Like, yeah. he, 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 you know, he just feels like he's been around forever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, spirits must be high in the uh, at, at, at Jiu-Jitsu at the moment. You know, you've seen Sterling on an absolute tear. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think head... I think, no, I'm sticking with it. I think Aldo's got this. Yep. Uh, I would lean Aldo, but I'm I'm a really big fan of Marab. And if you haven't seen it, anytime Marab fights, I just want people to go and see this. There's this amazing clip on Instagram and some, probably some other places now where Marab Divashvili tries to jump into a frozen lake and cracks his head open, goes to the hospital to have stitches, but then returns to the lake with boxing gloves and headgear on and fights the lake. And it is fucking brilliant. It's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) That's got a freak out opponents, hasn't it? (laughs) I'm fighting this guy. (laughs) He fights lakes. He fights frozen lakes. Um, he beat it on a rematch yeah I know he's one and one with frozen lakes Um, (laughs) right the rest of the card I mean it's not got the intrigue that the other fights have however there are some bits to be interested in Uh, Alexander Romanov is 16 and 0 heavyweight yeah he is very very good at his wrestling he's got uh, I think he's that Greco-Roman wrestling style where he will lift up and suplex people like he's Kurt Angle or something like that. I it, think, let me check something that I'll make you laugh on this. I do believe foundation style of him, sumo. Sumo? No. Mm. Yep. His foundation wow. style is sumo. I fucking love that. Then where have you found that? <laughs> Topology. Really? Well, there you yeah. go. But, um, yeah, no. I mean, he... He does pick people up and slam them down. And he's picking mm. up heavyweights and doing it to them. Mm. His wrestling is really, really good. As I said, undefeated, 16-0. A lot of people are really high on him. Um, but he's fighting uh, Marcin Tybora, who has very, very good grappling. So 
I think this could be a really interesting test for, for Romanov. And if he comes through it, I think a lot of people will be looking over their shoulders and looking at Romanov and going, I oh, don't really fancy that guy. Um, but we'll have to see if he gets through Martin Tybora. Um, have you got anything? Who's obviously come off. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think Tybora's, you know, w- w- was on a nice, a nice streak. He, you know, <coughs> he, lo- he lost to Volkov. Um, but previous to that, you know, he'd put away Walt Harris, Greg Hardy, Ben Rothwell, Spivak. Like, so he's, you know, he's not to be messed with. And, uh, of but, those, yeah, the, though, is it, is it fair to say the Spivak win is the only one that's really aged well? I guess uh, so. I that. guess so. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, fair, yeah, I suppose so. But, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, anyone that beats Greg Hardy, legend for the rest of their lives. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not like, you're 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 going to come off wins like that and think, God, this guy's got to be in the top five soon or something, you know. Mm, mm. But aside from that, is there anything else uh, we want to talk about on that card? Am I right in saying uh, f- way down on the might be fight pass prelims? Uh, Figueredo um, is uh, is that the brother of? It looks yes. It is, it is yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, to, to be honest, I haven't really focused on the prelims. There's one more main card fight that's Tyson Pedro against Harry Hansaker. Yeah. Um, uh, Pedro w- was, you know, one of those fighters that I think was probably rushed a bit too early in his career. Like he's only 30 now, and he he fought Villanueva and beat him recently after three years off. So he, he turned 27 and had three years off. And that was after, I think, some some losses against people like Shogun Hua and OSP. I think he was rushed too soon. This is a guy with very little experience, but still got wins over Paul Craig and Khalil Roundtree in the UFC. That's not to be sniffed at. Um, the, an interesting wrinkle for this fight as well is that uh, Harry Hansucker is coming down from heavyweight. And Harry Hansucker was... Uh, beaten by Taito Avasa, who is the brother-in-law of Tyson Pedro. So maybe Harry Hunsucker is going to look for some vengeance there. Um, Harry be- Hunsucker's a great name. I know. Um, and nickname, Harry the Hurricane Hunsucker. Good luck with that one, Bruce. <laughs> um, he'll be doing his nice leg warm-ups again, like like he was at the <laughs> UFC London. <laughs> that um, was right in front of me as well, that was. I'm so I glad you got that video. There. And for, for those that haven't seen it, I mean, I, I do think like a lot of the other organisations captured it on camera as well, but he was like, it was before the UFC London, uh, and I just looked up, uh, and Bruce was right in front of me, and he just put one of his legs on the table and was just literally doing these kind of stretch lunges. And I just thought, this is incredible. I need to film this. He knew people were filming. He was just breathing it in. Loving life. Um, Well, as I say, I don't think there's a huge amount else that I'd be interested in talking about on this card. Have you got much else? No. No. Well, we're about to hit the hour mark. So I think we'll just, we'll, we'll call it there. But as I said, it's been some great action this weekend. UFC 278, we're obviously rooting for Leon Edwards, but it's going to be a tall order. And then uh, we shall see what happens after that. Fingers crossed that we have our second ever British UFC champion by the end of next weekend. Yes, um, we've had uh, lots of your favourite British fighters on this uh, podcast. They're all available in the back catalogue. Also, we've had some uh, absolute killers on there as well uh, from all over the planet, from Australia. We've had Volk um, and we've had... Who else we had from Australia? Uh, Dan Uh, Hooker? New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, Don't say same thing. It's really offensive, isn't it, Uh, to get them two mixed up. Um... Also, who did we speak to on Friday that will be coming very soon? Oh, we had number fourth ranked featherweight in the UFC, Josh Emmett, who, you know, is coming off that win over Calvin Cater. Um, Slightly controversial. Some people thought it went Cater's way. Some people thought it went Emmett's way. Uh, But the bottom line is he walked away for a win. I don't think it was a robbery at all. Um, I think I may have even scored it for Emmett anyway. I'm trying to remember now. But it was a close, close fight. He walked away with the win over Calvin Cater. There's discussions about him potentially 
having a tight, uh, an interim title fight with Yair interim. Rodriguez because Volkanovski is going to be out with hand surgery. And then Volkanovski also likes the idea of moving up to 155. So there's a lot uh, on the horizon for, for Josh Emmett. And not to mention, you know, our, our friend Arnold Allen as well is on a nine fight win streak in that division. Where does he fit into it all? So we had a chat with with Josh about his uh, his career today. What's uh, drives him and also where he feels like he fits in this stacked UFC featherweight division at the moment. Absolutely. And, and like Arnold, you know, they're, they're, they're the quiet guys in the top 10 and you don't generally get to hear too much from them. So it was really lovely to get to to spend, you know, a, you know, a nice sort of 45 minutes with Josh, like finding out all about him. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful story. And he's, he's, he's such a nice guy. Uh, so yeah, subscribe now and you won't miss that one when that comes out. He saved a man's um, life. I mean, he did. He I mean, saved a man's life. I mean, we ain't going to tell you any more about that because, yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you, but that's that's coming soon. We've mentioned Arnold. Arnold's been on a couple of times. Um, lovely, lovely human being, lovely guest. Um, go check out that back catalogue. Uh, we'll be back for um, Post 278. And in the meantime, we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye.